0: Hi, and welcome to Krachbau. My name is Andrei. I run Pedalmarkt, and this is where we are recording from. Krachbau is a series of interviews with Berlin-based musicians. We talk about their creative process, their work, and there is no specific style that I'm going for or genre of music that I would like to cover. It's all over the place, but it's all interesting, I guess, mostly underground music. I'm not sure how long this thing is going to last and I would love to make it as sustainable as possible, but I cannot promise anything. I can tell you that there's going to be a few interviews coming out probably weekly in the first season and we've got some really interesting people um, that we got to talk to. This first one is an interview with Nate, the vocalist of Soastas Frenas and it is an emo violence screamo punk band which we are going to hear in just a moment and we are talking about his approach to lyrics their approach to writing songs and um, squatting and squats in berlin and sort of the punk culture in general hope you enjoy it you can find all the links to the music that we are going to be listening and things that we are talking about Uh, in the show notes as well as all the information about the podcast itself all right that's it the intro is over now I'm here with Nate from Sostas Frenas. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the creative process, about Sostas Frenas, and about, I guess, life. let's see. Um, To kick things off, uh, you want to just listen to a Sostas Frenas track? Oh, yeah. All right. This is from This Is Going to Hurt. Nice. Those final bass notes, really. Oh,
1: man. Yeah. You as a bassist, knows.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm like immediately attracted to that.
1: Oh, that's the focal point of the whole band. <laughs> that's the whole point.
0: Right. It all starts with the bass. Not even joking. How did you select the track in general to record? I guess you already had a few tracks when you went into, into recording. Uh, why did you choose that one?
1: Yeah, that's, um, that was kind of tough of a decision. We, have, we had a couple songs uh already we even like demoed a different song which is the songs that kind of start the set that we have and those are meant to like grab everybody's intentions so are yeah. like okay sick this is how we're gonna like start off everyone knowing who we are but then um yeah we kind of looked more towards this song specifically uh just because we think it embodies Everything that Suasas Frenas is trying to do, it's got, you know, 35 seconds of, you know, power violence. Right. just extreme energy, effort, everything. And then just, like, absolute cruise mode for the rest. And, yeah, like you said, just a totally solid bass track that just lives on for the rest of the song. Right. And, yeah, I guess in our head it's just kind of like, was everything that we wanted to say in one track, so it kind of like sums up everything that the whole album is going to be uh, portraying right just it's also
0: interesting there is there are no parts that you are coming back to it's just all sort of you know it's a part and then it's over and then transitions into something else and yeah. it all it all does make sense together but it's so there is so many sort of different things that are
1: there are different moods as well. Yeah, and I don't know. It, it Like, we have a hard time wanting to repeat things. Yeah. Um, that kind of, like, call back to something. If there's not, like, strength in it and power in it and, like, meaning to it, it just kind of feels like, why would you even bother bringing that back just to say, just to call it a hook and, oh, this is the catchy part, so we might as well do this again. Uh, even the song... It, this song specifically is even a bit of a, uh, an outlier in that sense where the lyrics are pretty simple. And I think yeah. the structure of everything else is actually pretty simple. Um, and the parts within itself repeat. So like the lyrics at the beginning, I say the same two lines over and over and over again. Uh, right after that, I say the same thing over and over again. And at the end, same thing just repeat the same thing four times and even that we don't even try to do so much in the music but for this one specifically it seemed like it kind of made sense just in the grand scheme of things or the actual feeling that we were trying to portray for this song like just this uh this like death and rebirth is kind of like the point of the album and for this song it's just kind of like the weight of the death you know, like, and how it's like pounding on you, mm-hmm. keeps coming back. And yeah, so it just kind of like it embodies all that right there. Right. You know?
0: How was it written? Um, was it sort of idea first, vocal line first, or
1: guitarist first? Um, even weirder, it was a different song that Alex, the guitarist, uh, had. I forget. Um, where that song came from, but he was kind of working on some completely different type of song. It was almost like a like vaporwave type of song. Yeah, just like totally not even in this genre at all. Um, uh, We have it building up, building up, building up. And yeah, it's like 30 seconds at the start. And then, yeah, it completely changes mood, tempo, everything. Yeah. So abruptly uh, into this like vaporwave kind of thing that's at least where it started and then yeah we just like put the pieces all together and just yeah just kept hammering it in like making sure that it all felt like it matched up and lined perfectly uh for a purpose as well and yeah, I think it came out pretty well. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. funny. Yeah, you completely forget like where these songs started. Yeah, I feel like the way we write is so unconditional, you right. know, un- Not traditional, and like it's just such a weird thing trying to map out exactly where these ideas come from. Right, it's such a funny thing.
0: Is that song sort of
1: unusual in the way it was written compared to other stuff that you write? No, no. like the last song that we have on the album that's supposed to be like the you know the grand synopsis of everything. Um, it started with a similar thing, a completely different track that Chris, our bassist wrote, uh, just like for his own thing. He put it up on SoundCloud and then we saw it, Alex saw it and was like, wait, 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 what if you slow this down? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we put something crazy at the beginning, some really mathy thing that we were just like working on and in a very similar style, it just kind of like it matched well enough that we could, you know, put the energy in and, you know, put the creativity in to really make the pieces fit. Um, and yeah, pretty much every other song wasn't started with just like, Oh yeah, I have this idea. Um, and here's how everything around it should sound. It's more of just like, um, Oh yeah, I heard this thing before, or, um, yeah, I've been trying to work on this beat, but I don't know how it sounds like all together with, with other things on it. Um, yeah. Or even now we have a song where, it, uh, it's my vocals first, that first that I wrote, um, as a spoken word part, cause we were going to have a spoken word part in our, in our set. And we said, no, no, no it needs to have something behind it. So right. we wrote like a super intense, uh, beat and yeah guitars as noise and bass also playing some noise parts uh all just matching my vocals right and like following it and so it's yeah kind of everything that we have written isn't super traditional of being like okay yeah here's this riff that i wrote this is what i can see the drum sounding like bass make sure you just follow me and vocals just match my melody or whatever, you know, like it's, I feel like that's a very rare instance, at least for these songs that we have, Yeah, we're going to be recording.
0: Right. Um, How do you go about writing lyrics? So then there is just one song on the, on the album that you're working on, where you started from, from the vocals, right? Everything else is music first, I guess, in some way. So... How do you go about the lyrics? Do you have the melody first, and then you sort of lay down some lines, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, um, like obviously when we're jamming out these songs and kind of like working them through, um, I have an idea of what the lyrics could be about, but I don't have exactly what I want to say written down or exactly the point that I want to make for that specific song. But um, very early on, I think after the first song that we wrote, which is the first song on the record um, and in the set, it's from from that, it seemed uh, pretty obvious that I wanted this to be something that everyone in the band can relate to. And I think it's something that can transcend that as well, considering these times that we kind of just are awakening from. The Corona times. Yeah. And uh, I think I just wanted to talk about this idea of rebirth Mm -hmm. um, because I thought it was pertinent to who each one of us were uh, that kind of um, brought us together in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I was in a band before Getting Away With Treason as their vocalist, Um, worked so hard during Corona to get uh, to get the album that we released together and put out. And then we broke up and same thing with the three rest of the bandmates. They were in another band called Spoiled and they were pretty much about to like take over the world because they were such a popular band. Um, They were about to go on a U.S. tour, about to play a show in Paris with Betray the Guilt. like they really had a future... um, that looked like it was going to work very well for them and then Corona hit. And then, yeah, it just kind of like, didn't, uh, sustain. Right. And then, um, I think that was a rough period for them. So we all kind of, uh, bonded over this idea of like, okay, we had this thing that we cared about that we put a lot of effort and energy into, um, whether we wanted it to or not, it failed or it didn't, it doesn't exist anymore. Now we need to bury that, take what, take the, um, take the experience, take what we learned from it, put it behind us and start fresh and just see where it can go. And I think this band is kind of that in a nutshell. Uh, so I really wanted the lyrics to be something along those lines, something that all four of us can relate to. I didn't want it to just be like a, oh, like I'm the vocalist so it's only got to be about me um something that only i can relate to i want it to be everything that uh we can all relate to in one way or another right and um i hope i did that i hope they're okay uh happy with the lyrics but um yeah i definitely try to make sure that their understanding of what the lyrics are and where they're going to be uh going and just the entire idea behind them and at least for me, it's been in my head for the writing process uh, throughout the entire time. Right. Um, Do you go back and
0: forth sort of to adapt music to lyrics? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, We kind of like, you know, it, it wasn't so, okay, here's step one, step two, step three, step four, and the songs kind of lined up like that. Like I said, we had this first song and I was like, okay, this can be the introduction talking about you know that they're whatever there's this kind of thing that's in our past that we have to like move on from and then the next song it was like okay now we really gotta get through this but the anxiety can kind of uh stunt our growth a little bit uh where can this go from here and then we wrote the last song and as i'm writing the songs i'm not thinking like okay this is going to be the last one this is going to be the second last one it just kind of like ends up placing itself perfectly that way, uh which was something I was super happy about, but yeah, we kept writing new and new uh newer and newer songs and placing them in different parts of the set and and the the set list or the uh arrangement of the album um and it just kind of ended up working really well um I made sure that the songs energy wise were pushing the right idea forward of what I wanted the lyrics to be about. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I hope I made it obvious that this is kind of like the idea of the whole album. And, uh, yeah, I think everyone just took it and ran with it. And, um, yeah, it seemed like a great success. And (laughs) yeah, I hope, I hope it plays out well, you know, when, uh, when we actually finish recording and release it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, this is just to to say that this is something that you're still working on, the album. Um, you have uh, all the demos for it, and you're going to record it basically starting now, right? Around yeah. about now? Mm-hmm. And planning to release it in around January, as far as I remember.
1: Yeah, January we were thinking about, we're kind of just seeing like how fast we can do it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's easy to get really trapped, you know, in this process. And I'm sure you know as well. Yeah.
0: Um, right. You want to listen to
1: another song? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's see what you got. <laughs> There's not much out there.
0: <laughs> All right. This one is from the compilation by Hunk of Plastic Records. The compilation is called Slavo Ukraini. And the song is called Awake As You Rot, Asleep As You Recover. There
2: <laughs> Powerful.
0: <laughs> did you did you already have that song when you got approached by the people from Hunk of Plastic?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That was um like that was our first experiment of writing together. Ah, cool. Yeah, that um we were trying to talk about where and when it was that we even started because as a band we moved to so many different studios. Um And like the timeline is so messed up trying to figure out exactly uh, when we wrote these songs and like when we really started and like decided, okay, we're going to be a band now because it hasn't even been a year. And it's such a weird thing to think about. But we've jammed before already at this point last year. We were kind of like talking about maybe doing something. Um, But yeah, nothing was like so solid and then coming up with this song was, yeah, our first like real writing session at some point last year in some random studio that I can't remember. And, um, yeah, we just started, uh, trying to like show off how, uh, how much energy we can put into these songs. And we just really wanted to show each other you know like what we can all give to the project and yeah like we all pretty much spent so much time on those drums right the drums are just in general like the most important thing that we have to offer because mm-hmm. marcos is absolutely insane um of a drummer and we were just like basically pushing him and just seeing like, wait, can you do something like that? But twice as fast. Yeah. And then a random blast beat in the middle. And then like we speed up the tempo and then you just keep going and never take a break. Mm. And yeah, he was basically just like, yeah, (laughs) fine. And then he did it. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't know how many writing sessions it really took to, to nail these songs down, but I think at least the first part, um, maybe one session it really mm. was just like right off the bat and it was like oh wow sparks are flying mm-hmm, you know like mm-hmm. we're just going through this and it's just it was just such a great moment right know? like i don't know writing can also be such a anxiety-ridden and uh vulnerable session you know and like a, a thing to do especially with other people um But yeah, it just felt, it felt so right from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited about that. Very happy. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't wait to write more songs with these people. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad that we are stopping writing uh, to focus on the recording. But definitely always excited to progress and just like see what else we can do. Because like these songs have... You know, they're all, I'm sure to someone who doesn't understand the, the genre or heavy music in general, it's going to say they all sound the same, but to us, they have such a dynamic uh, aspect to them where each song could technically be to us a different genre, you yeah. know, and that's something that we were kind of going for, just like we all have such diverse music tastes and where we get our inspiration from um, that no matter how pigeonholed, other people want to make it like just saying that we're emo violence or just saying that we're a screamo band. We really have such a wide, uh, influence, uh, catalog. And we really just want it all to be understood with everything that we write. And we don't want to just be like, okay, let's do this again, just because this is what, uh, you do as this kind of band. Um, Do you have some sort of um, inspiration
0: lyrics-wise also? Do you sort of prefer certain bands or people? um,
1: This is when it gets interesting. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, to me, lyrics are everything. Yeah. Like, when I listen to bands, there's definitely bands I listen to that I don't... The the lyrics can be terrible, and I'm super satisfied with the band still. It's not that I'm some kind of, like, elitist jerk about this stuff. It's really... Um, just when I hear lyrics that I enjoy, uh, there is a part of that, that, uh, brings me more into that band, you know, like it's not necessarily the first thing that I hear that I'm like, oh, I heard they have good lyrics. Let me listen to them. Yeah. It's more of just, oh, I really like what they're doing. Let me dive into the lyrics and just kind of like see what's going on, mm. you know, and, and yeah, I try to do this like across the board. I listen to way too much music and I really try to make sure like it could be a rap album or a death metal album, just seeing like how trying to analyze, like how they put these lyrics together, where they could potentially be getting these ideas from. Mm. Um And yeah, even, uh, what at the time was happening that kind of like led them to say things the way that they wanted to say it
0: how to do you figure that out do you watch interviews or any other sources oh yeah everything yeah
1: i i love watching interviews of bands and artists i love uh this platform called genius Mm -hmm. uh you know where yeah they have people annotate lyrics lyrics, yeah. yeah exactly annotations and it's more of like a community trying to figure out what the hell this person's trying to say yeah um and even just that discussion just it really shows how much it means to certain people and i love that yeah to me it really is such an important part of the music um again like I listen to very dumb stuff that has the worst lyrics ever. Um, but even within that, there's a reason for it, you know, and and as long as it matches the energy and it matches the feeling, it matches the music, there's a place for everything. You know, you can have dumb lyrics and still have a very powerful meaning behind them. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's more just like a time and place for everything. Yeah. Uh, specifically, I, you know, I'm a native English speaker, but, but my English is terrible. Like, I'm not this, like, grammar god. I'm not this, I don't know, uh, you know, like, really powerful idioms and Mm -hmm. metaphors, and uh, I have this, like, massive vocabulary. I have none of that, and I really try to make it so that you don't need that to enjoy the lyrics. So for me, um, with the lyrics, I really pull from like a lot of mundane I guess would be the the word for it uh lyricists that they might not be uh someone that people go to to say oh wow his lyrics or their lyrics are so poetic and so deep and so powerful but instead just like uh lyrics that I personally felt on a level that maybe the lyricist didn't even mean you know, to have people feel it on, but just it's, so for me, it's like, it's a very selfish, um, aspect for me. Um, just making sure that I understand what I'm trying to feel and also making sure that it's accessible for other people as well. Um, because if it makes me feel something, then most of the time, it should mean that it can get put across to most other people and they understand it as well. I really want it to be super accessible to lyrics that I write. I don't want it to be like, oh, you have to know, you know, Mm. uh, there's nothing to hide. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know so many lyricists that purposely try to be like obscure. Yeah. And and code coded, you know, and like, oh no, you have to really know in order to know what I'm saying. It's like, No, none of of that stuff is necessary. I I do understand the point of creating, like, a bit of obscurity to it and and wanting people to dive deeper into it. And, you know, like, they can put it up to their own interpretation. Um, But for me, you get such a deeper uh, connection to lyrics if, yeah, the people who are writing them are very open about what they're trying to say. Yeah. And, yeah, they're just being honest and they're not holding anything back
0: yeah i think for me the challenge is and that's what i would like to ask you about i mean i'm not a lyricist and I, I, i will never be because it's sort of it's not it's not my medium at all but i think um what sort of resonates with me personally and you know that's also in your lyrics um is the ability to convey very sort of Complex things, very complex abstract ideas in just a few lines of mm. text, and that's sort of, and that's sort of the mastery. That's you know the the sort of the poetic aspect, if you want, mm-hmm. of it. You know, being able to get to that uh, abstraction layer is the challenge. And I guess I don't know. Do you think about that? Do you think about sort of uh, trickling down because you don't have a novel to explain you know the idea that you're putting into a song you only have you know like four lines or whatever um and then you also try to put multiple of those ideas or you know there is a progression there is a story in there uh, and you only have so much sort of you know space for that Mm -hmm. um i don't know maybe it's a very abstract question but i would also be curious in like how do you go through that process of you know from forming an idea of you want to say or does it maybe maybe it goes the other way maybe you just have a line and then you're trying to backtrack and refine it Mm -hmm. um like how does that happen
1: yeah um it's definitely a bit of like an abstract uh creative process there's not like okay step one i do this step two but yeah over time you kind of like create your own techniques and your own uh way of going about thinking about these things uh and then actually doing them is also a completely different thing for me um it's been such a journey you know uh been trying to write lyrics for probably about 15 years now so and it's something that i i've always known that i really liked um so even 15 years ago i remember doing uh like trying to write it all out and have these like v- visual uh processes of okay this is an idea that i want let me draw a web of ways that i can talk about that idea uh metaphors that i can write like mm. really having it all written down um sort of mapped out yeah, yeah exactly really trying to visualize and see all my possibilities yeah and not um, not try to reach every single one but just see how many I can fit in a song because like you say yeah it can be a four minute song it can be a two minute song it can be a 30 second song you only have so much time to talk about these things and you don't want to just be rambling just for the sake of rambling you really want to say it in the most concise way possible so that the audience can understand what you are putting across and you feel good like this is what I'm trying to put across yeah um, so yeah, like what it comes down to now to write these lyrics for the So Estas Frenes album, um, what I would do is I would actually sit by the canal. Nice. Uh, luckily most of the writing happened over the summer and it was a beautiful time outside. So that's why all your subjects are very innocent. Yeah, and... exactly. Yes. Very happy. Very, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for some reason, just like trying to like, connect to nature in that way of just like being outside in a place that is where I can completely disregard most things from outside, uh, uh like in my personal life, whether it's stress, whether it's family, friends, like I can just kind of shut everything off. Mm-hmm. Um, just listen to the song a couple times or songs that I'm working on at the time. And just think, just think, and just see where my brain can go. I don't wanna write anything down until something comes up um, that I actually already have mapped out completely in my brain. I don't wanna mm. I don't wanna start something and then be like, "Okay, let's just see where this goes. I really wanna make sure I have the entire idea. You sort of wanted to crystallize almost on a subconscious
0: level. Exactly. You want to load your brain with like information and then sort of step away from it and let Mm -hmm. the brain sort of subconsciously do do its work. I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And even for a lot of these songs, there was. This is the first time that I've had this kind of period of freestyling as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Just trying to think of phrasings and energy and breathing times and like how much I want to put lyric wise or syllable wise into Mm -hmm. certain parts. Yeah. Like you said, melodies, you know, like really, uh, experimenting with these before any lyrics are written down Mm -hmm. and that feels nice because your brain naturally goes to, okay, what is the idea that I want to portray in the song? What are words and phrases that can potentially, um, be lyrics? Right.
0: You sort of have the skeleton already with the rhythmics and the melodies. Yeah. And then you just put meat on
1: it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I make sure that I know which part of the grander scheme I want to uh, talk about. And I just kind of go ahead and just try anything that comes to mind, like, and just blurt it out. It can be complete nonsense. It can be... Not real words, it can be actual phrases. It can be something that I can potentially lay down later as an actual lyric. i but I still make sure not to write anything during these processes uh, during these times. Um, and then I'll go back later while I'm at the canal at a place of peace, you know, not letting anything else in on my head into my head. real, just like a meditative area where I can just get in tune with the songs, get in tune with my ideas uh and just kind of like see where they can go. And yeah, sometimes I can finish a song in 45 minutes even if it's like a 3 minute song. Uh sometimes it takes me a bit longer if maybe the idea doesn't come so easily or I don't know exactly how to how to word what I'm trying to portray in the lyrics. Um do I ever go sort of back to
0: To music and change anything based on where sort of the the lyrics are taking. yeah
1: sometimes yeah yeah. um if i have an idea like okay the lyrics for this part are going to be or for this line or something are going to be a lot more intense than the rest i'll either talk to everybody else in the band and just say like hey i want this part to be a bit more intense or maybe a bit more dry Mm -hmm. so that my lyrics can come through a bit easier Mm -hmm. um and yeah, make sure to match them, but also let them match me so that it's like a more uh, decent fit. Is there an
0: instrument that you reference sort of more often um, when you're sort of creating either that skeleton mm-hmm. of you know, the vocal part or lyrics?
1: It's mainly drums. Yeah. Um, because I, what I find, I mean, especially as a vocalist, who most of the time doesn't really have like a melody to my vocals it's mostly rhythm. So mm-hmm. I really want to make sure that the rhythm that I have in my vocal patterns or my lyric patterns, breathing, everything matches up very well with the drums.
0: Yeah. You're also a very rhythmic vocalist. Sometimes you're like holding up a rhythmic part by yourself. I noticed that as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, to me, that's like a super important thing. Um, it really has to be, uh, coming from a place of rhythm and a place of, um, understanding like the beat, yeah. everything else can kind of come afterwards. If whether, you know, I sing on this part or whether I just scream or like which kind of scream I'm trying to, to do, all that stuff can, is kind of secondary. The main thing I want to do is make sure that my rhythm matches with the rhythm of the rest of the song. How did
0: you get there? Because I think a lot of vocalists are struggling with,
1: specifically, rhythm. Have you
0: played an instrument or how did you like, practice that, your internal feeling?
1: Um, I guess it's a bit tough. I mean, I think I was just born with the rhythm. No, I, uh, right I mean, no, I, I mean, for like my musical. Uh, part of my life, I started on guitar, which doesn't really help that much. I was then in vocal lessons um, and I was in a choir. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. think any of that helps. I guess the main thing that would help is that I kind of was raised more on R&B and hip hop. Yeah, that for sure and, helps, yeah. Yeah, and I think just like especially now still kind of like analyzing lyrics of rappers and uh, like really piecing together exactly how they said what they want to say. uh, I really try to emulate that in my own music Mm -hmm. more than, yeah, pretty much any other genre. I think that helps a lot. Um, For a little bit in Getting Away With Treason, I was the bassist, like Mm -hmm. writing songs on bass just because we didn't have anyone um, at that time. But yeah, I think even that came from uh understanding like oh nate has good rhythm let's just like put a bass in his hand and just he'll we'll see what he ends up you know doing um yeah i don't know and yeah cool. i guess from that i usually have a really good understanding of uh what the drummer should do in order to match uh what i do yeah and yeah i think we just kind of like bounce off each other that yeah. way yeah, makes sense.
0: Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the sort of the scene in Berlin because we also we were talking about it um, on a few occasions now. Yeah. Um, after gigs and so on. Um, so I know that you came to Berlin specifically for that reason, for the reason of here being some sort of a scene, or you. You imagine that there would be a scene false advertisement F- false advertisement <laughs> um but yeah, maybe just tell the story of why you came to berlin
1: yeah, for sure. um so I was living in New York at the time, um and same thing there. I was really hoping that there was some kind of scene uh because that's again what I was told. There was some kind of scene, and it was really nice um. But I. And we are talking specifically about like emo, screamo. Or... Just music in general. Right. Like just making sure that I can live somewhere that's a musical place. Mm. Um, for, for New York, it was more of like an indie punk scene, yeah. which is really nice. Like I, I still really appreciate uh, everything that was going on there. And I still let that influence me and who I am and uh, everything uh, today. But yeah, it was just a really big uh, disappointment from when I was there, because it was like the very tail end of what, uh, about just what any scene would have been there. Uh-huh. Um, all the venues were getting shut down. All the bands were either breaking up or uh, kind of past their prime mm-hmm. um, and coming from um uh, Massachusetts, the Boston scene had, it always has this kind of like four year reset because it Boston's like a very big um, college town, basically, like mm-hmm. over 200,000 college students. And they kind of like, they get to set the scene on what the culture is at that time. And yeah, like bands will only last four years and then they'll move on and then whatever, that's it. Um, so I was just kind of like really sick of that. And I really just wanted something that I could call a home, a scene, a community, anything. And when it came to thinking, okay, now maybe I can move overseas uh, after never leaving America before. Um, yeah, I checked out London, Amsterdam and Berlin just because I don't know anything about Europe or anywhere else for that matter. Um, Americans are kind of propagated to think that, you know, America's the only place (laughs) you can be. Um, Yeah. So we, so I checked that, uh, checked out these three cities and really the only place that had any kind of potential was Berlin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like London was very similar to New York where it was just kind of, Okay, there was something here in the past where, like, as a city, it's beyond that. Mm. Uh, it's more, whatever about money, whatever else. Yeah, um, Amsterdam was just a bit too touristy and too small. Mm-hmm. Um, and Berlin, yeah, it was just, it was just right. It yeah. it had the groundwork of cities like London and New York uh but also still the infrastructure to this day and that was very exciting to me to even hear that squats were still a thing is insane to think about in america Mm. like that does not exist Mm -hmm. uh i was also living in the bay area um near san francisco for a while and in oakland they have like a lot of really cool art uh art scene areas like art like different projects that they have going on, um, different community centers and everything. But there was this really big time, uh, this really big event that happened where one of the places, because it wasn't up to fire standards, Mm -hmm. uh, there was a fire that broke out. Mm -hmm. And I think like 70 people died from that. And yeah, it just goes to show like how much people... Are begging for these kind of areas that they're going into these like really dangerous potentially deathly or deadly uh scenarios yeah
0: because there is i guess there is also no space no other space yeah
1: it's not allowed and to to be able to be up to fire standards fire code whatever you know to be like
0: and be available and reachable and yeah exactly like all those things and they sort of in the end they contradict and there is no no space for that sort of music and then people do gigs whatever
1: yeah exactly and you're just kind of like forced to the outskirts or yeah forced to these very dangerous situations and then dangerous things happen mm. and, and that's very unfortunate but yeah like scenes can kind of grow out of that out of this kind of desperation um and in berlin that was the problem uh where there lacks there's a bit of a lack of desperation mm. <laughs> which is great you know like the like the fact that... Oh this, man, the, lack of desperation is such an it's, accurate it, description. It's, <laughs> a, it's so unfortunate, you know, like, <laughs> but it really seems like, yeah, like great things come from desperation. Mm, totally, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, Berlin is very take it easy. And, yeah, uh,
1: there's no urgency to anything. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, just as well as me trying to even book a concert at certain venues or certain squats, just it's impossible. They, they're they like, oh yeah, come by in two weeks. And we'll talk about it and then we'll let you know if it's even available yeah
0: but it's also i guess it always i guess has been like that or i feel like we are also a bit of outsiders you know and then exactly. and then you know they have the the ways and they have the their culture their community and they're protective of it and that also makes sense i think to me. for sure
1: yeah yeah so to to then like focus on berlin moving here was such an important thing to me because it seemed like there was such a great scene. Um, one of the main specific things that got me to look even deeper in Berlin was the miss the stars fest. Mm. Um, to me, that is incredible, you know, like, like fluff fest in Czech Republic. Um, what is this fest? This fest in Berlin called miss the stars. It's, um, it's more of a screamo uh, alternative festival that happens once a year, usually in May, um, at a squatted venue called uh, Zukunft am Auskreuz. And it's a pretty small place, um, but they have the ability to bring such uh, large bands at least in the scene, you know, like it's, it's not bands like Nickelback or something. It's yeah. Bands like portray the guilt that I said earlier, state faults, some of my favorite bands from the U S but also bands from all over the place. They have Indonesian bands play Russian bands and they just, they have the, the know-how to get all these bands to get there, um, and make it worth it. You know, whether it's not just, uh, based monetarily uh they can say hey maybe you've never come to europe before we can book an entire tour for you as long as you play this festival in berlin and Mm -hmm. i find that incredible the amount of administration that goes into that like it makes sense that uh that the the main guide never wanted to make it anything bigger than it was um because i understand that That's so much work, you know, and, and it really takes a lot to have to like, to do these things. And he really, it, it was just such a DIY approach. It seemed like, and I was just so excited knowing that something like that existed here. And to me, that is the, the main importance of groundwork, you know, being dug out for a scene to, to thrive. Um, I would think that if I had the idea to move here because of something like this, so did a lot of other people. yeah, um and yeah, I've been here for five years now, and of course, two of them were uh you know mainly corona years, um, but for the most part, I was a bit disappointed that I was wrong in that sense. Um, but yeah, you, you make a really good point that maybe there is something um but they want to protect it to make sure that um it goes exactly according to how they want it to um if it's on any grander scale and if they let um people from anywhere kind of like manipulate it however they want even if they want to join it and try to uh make it a better thing um yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing to really, uh, hold control over. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I definitely understand that. Um, and that goes as well for all the squats that happen here, uh, that exist here still, they seem a bit standoffish, um, to people who, you know, don't live there or aren't exactly part of that exact scene. Um, I totally understand that, and they kind of want to make sure that they're working with people who really care about the cause. Yeah, and really, I think that's. It. I think,
0: yeah, yeah, you, you got it exactly. And it's usually also people that are in much more desperate situations than you know a bunch of like emo kids like us. Yeah, yeah, just, exactly. just going and doing. Hey, well, can we do a show here?
1: Yeah, yeah, and they're just like, what, <laughs> what are you talking so about?
0: Like, we are trying to survive here. Is yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like the good, it's a good thing and a bad thing that music, that music communities, music scenes are obviously much more than just music. It's it just like it transcends everything. And and when you talk about it more as a community, yeah, it's, uh, it's your life, you know, and to kind of just look at these places and be like, Oh, you know, can we play a concert here? It's not exactly uh, paying respect to their life, to the way that they live, to the community that they've worked so hard to create. Um, So I do understand that that's like a bit difficult for them to kind of, oh yeah, totally. I'll, I'll put you over everyone else, you know, Mm -hmm. like they they have everyone there is so deeply ingrained you know like within that scene you know it's been around since the 80s 90s it's not something that someone who kind of just got here can kind of like pave their own way like straight in and become like the most important person oh yeah this guy wants to talk to me okay great i'll get back to him the same day yeah. you know like yeah, no we are not the first people on their minds and i totally understand that and i respect it um it just, yeah, it just makes me want to work harder anyway to, to really gain this trust and respect. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a tough thing to, to come here and kind of like not get everything that I want, you know, immediately yeah, I feel yeah. like a child, like
2: yeah.
1: throwing a tantrum being like, why, why is it everyone just like looking at me and being like, oh, he's going to save us, you know, Right, right. not, you know, it's, it's a bit of a savior complex. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and it's also, I guess, important to 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 say to people that don't live in Berlin and don't know the situation that the <laughs> um, the squats here are now being sort of um, gradually pushed out, and the people are being displaced. And the situation here with um, squatting is not as good as it was in the 80s and 90s, and um, it's it's getting harder and harder. I guess, as in any sort of large um, city, there is actively being gentrified it's it's super hard um, but it's great that i guess we got to witness it and be even a small part of it like i'm always so thankful for that like it's insane um, to be in those places and to talk to those people it's
1: fantastic absolutely yeah they really seem like relics you know like they're there's something that it means so much you know like really showing what they had to go through just to even exist and how, unfortunately, that seems to get harder and harder every single day to go from an absolutely abandoned building that nobody wanted to claim, nobody wanted to fix up, to then a beautiful art space uh, and living space and just great community in general. Uh, it's something that in the U.S. is so unheard of. And it's something that in my mind, I've wanted to be a part of something like this forever. Mm. It wasn't until I moved here that I realized, oh, it exists and it existed in the past. It's something that has happened before. So this thought of mine that I thought was original, Mm. it's not an original thought. Mm. Um, And it's just, it's such an incredible idea. And to have something like this as a community would be something... uh, that yeah you have to work for and that's that's the part that uh was a bit hard for me to understand um especially yeah in the face of adversary 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 my english isn't good (laughs) um they like berlin very slowly compared to places like new york and boston and san francisco um but still albeit uh, at a pace that isn't comfortable for everybody, uh, is going m- more and more towards money yeah. and these art spaces and communities. Everyone's happy within it, but that's because they live a life mostly free of money, mm-hmm. only paying for absolute necessities, things that money, only money can buy. Um, But it was quite a wake-up call to show how much money wasn't necessary. Um, But, yeah, that unfortunately seems to be threatened every single day because Jeff Bezos is building a tower here. Um, The the, the property values have been coming up, and that that
0: invites sort of, yeah, violence pretty much. Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah. There's been some pretty violent uh, raids that have happened Mm -hmm. at a lot of... uh, these squats, um, very specifically in this neighborhood that, uh, I visited when I first came here, uh, Neukölln, Uh, I was super excited when I saw my first squat, that was Friedel 54. Mm -hmm. And they, um, it was a beautiful building. They have just covered in art, um, very, ingrained in the community, Um, it didn't seem like anyone didn't like that they were there. It really seemed like something that was uh, celebrated by the community around them. Um, I was in uh, an apartment right down the street, and there was a day where they had a rally outside, a demo. And, um, and I didn't understand, uh, I didn't know what they were doing. I thought it was just like, oh yeah, they're just kind of like celebrating. Um, but that's when I found out that, yeah, they are under attack. Their building was bought out by some Luxembourg company Mm -hmm. and basically they wanted to kick everybody out just to move people in again, you know, just for the sake of making everybody pay way more, you know. Mm. Um, not for the sake of anything else, you know, like already probably 40 people live there. I'm sure when they kick everybody out and move people back in, it's going to be less people. It's going to be more expensive and probably not even necessarily better living situation. Like very similar. They, they put very little effort into these places when they renovate them, uh, and only do what will make the rent go up. You know, they won't do anything unless that money sign is there. Um, and that was a very unfortunate thing to kind of get that understanding right away. Uh, by the time I moved, um, that next year into a different part of the neighborhood, um, the building was gone. Mm. It was totally wiped out. They even repainted walls on the outside they didn't want any sign that 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 building used to be a squat just completely wiping out this amazing history yeah um these are historical places these are cultural places that these are places that should be celebrated in history and today you know things that really should be kept alive at any uh possibility it's, it's things that make people want to move here. They create a culture around them and a community around them that welcomes people. You want those people to also be accepting of them. When it starts to turn and people see, oh, this now can be become a monetary gain, that can actually wipe it out because absolutely everything that they do isn't surrounded by money. And it's more surrounded by community and culture. And yeah, it's a very unfortunate thing that uh, whenever I have to see something like that. And in my five years, that's happened countless times as well.
0: Yeah, I feel like pretty much a couple of times a year, maybe even more frequently, there is something that is closing
1: or people are protesting. Yeah, during Corona, they really took that time to make it extremely hard for those places to exist. Yeah. And they said, okay, nobody's in the streets uh, because we're not allowing protests uh, because of corona regulations. Now we're going to just ransack these places and raid them mm. sometimes very brutally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they really took advantage of that situation for the worse. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's been a pretty unfortunate situation, but uh, we're hoping that there can be some kind of help for them in some yeah. way or another. But the main thing that uh, I guess that we uh, in Soas are working on is more just trying to keep the spirits high. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not much that we can do from the inside. Uh, the logistics and the administration of these kind of places and make sure they, making sure that they have what it takes to keep going and yeah. be prepared for these kind of raids. But we really want to make sure that we keep the spirits high by trying to throw shows at these places. And Yeah. And you just really, had one just last Monday, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, that was an incredible show. Yeah, tell tell me more about that. I'm not sure if I can say the place. I don't know, but um it was at a very well known uh, squatted building um, and one that I've only been inside once before mm-hmm. um, they're a bit hidden but for a good reason this way that they they have a bit less uh, of a problem with uh, whatever you know paperwork, yeah. government, anything mm-hmm. um, and when I went there a concert it just seemed like there was such a great community there um, that I really wanted to be a part of it and luckily the guy who kind of helps run everything at least on the venue side of things um, he just works the bar he's just like a regular guy there Uh, so I got to talk to him and we got to the idea of throwing this concert there Hmm. and uh, we had these bands from Bratislava and Budapest that wanted to come through Berlin and it is extremely hard to book any concerts Um, but luckily I was able to do the groundwork and we were able to throw a really amazing concert there. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, we got to open up for them um and really show them what the community should be in berlin and uh yeah for a monday night after a huge weekend of partying it was packed and
0: yeah the energy was great the people were
1: great i mean so many great
0: conversations it was fantastic
1: yeah such a nerve-wracking thing you know so much can go wrong so many uh anxiety-ridden problems you know that you kind of create yourself what if nobody shows up oh did i do enough advertising um and then yeah when it came down to it it just went so well Mm -hmm. and it was just such a great relief that we were able to welcome these bands to berlin in that way and yeah just able to throw such an amazing concert it's just something that i hope can be easier in the future, you know, like as we kind of get our name out there a bit more in the scene and, uh, yeah, it's hope, hope that people can just kind of say, Oh yeah, that's a band that we can trust, you know, with, uh, putting on this concert, we can give them the keys so that they can set up the stage, you know, like it's not something that you kind of always have to be supervised doing and Oh, can we really trust this band? Can we, Cause yeah, I mean, unfortunately in a lot of cases that isn't the case, you know, and maybe you just want to throw a concert just to have a reason to party or, you know, Mm. which there's nothing really wrong with that either, but you still have to be responsible because you are responsible for that night as the hosts, as the promoters, everything. So if it doesn't go well, it really all comes back to you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But luckily, yeah, we, we took the time and the attention and the care to make sure that it went well and it went really well. I'm, and I'm very excited to say that. I really yeah. hope more situations like that can come in the future. Yeah, totally. As uh, it
0: grows. Hopefully. Speaking of that, what what is next for you in the future? Uh, do you have anything planned? I mean, um, geek-wise and yeah, record-wise?
1: Uh, the main focus right now is is the record, trying to record as much as we can um while we have the time Mm -hmm. we were we weren't going to push too hard to play or uh put on more concerts Mm -hmm. uh in the near future because we wanted to focus so much on the recording and the mixing but um we were still asked to play a couple concerts i'm not sure what exactly i can say i don't know i don't think anything is um like left up to uh I, I don't think anything is having a hard time uh being put together and maybe it won't happen i think it's it's all still going to happen but we have a potential show even just mid november mm-hmm. um just in a friend's uh studio uh just to keep the spirits alive again and just kind of like keep our name out there and yeah, just kind of like see what happens with that.
0: Um, and you're going to post it, I'm guessing on on your socials, right? Because right
1: now, or is it, is it a secret show? That's what I mean. I have no idea. Right. I, that's why I'm like, I don't know if I can say too much. Yeah. I don't know what the idea is, but um, yeah. yeah, we just want to keep playing. Uh, we got offered to play, a weekender in Poland going out to Warsaw and then play one other show somewhere between Berlin and Warsaw. Um, We were offered to play another show in January and we're trying to put together a potential tour uh, just like a four day tour um, with another band that I don't know if I can, I don't know (laughs) if I can say, but yeah, we're just...
0: Um... I mean, what is the best way, I guess. That's the question. What is the best way for people to find out when are, when are the shows?
1: Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have an Instagram at Soastas Frenas. Uh, if you can ever figure out how to spell that. <laughs> I'm going to put a link into in, in the description. Perfect. <laughs> and,
0: and you can also go and support Soastas Frenas on Bandcamp. There is currently the two-track album. Uh, this is Going to Hurt. And there is going to be more stuff coming out, hopefully soon. I mean, no promises.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's no
0: exact release date, but but January at the latest. we can say that the demos are already there for the whole thing, right? So Still something to hear. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah,
1: just just DM me and maybe I can give you a little sneak peek. I don't know. <laughs> I can't say that. No, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess what's important is that you know things are in progress and things are going to come out. Oh, yeah. This is just the beginning. All right. Thank you so much, Nate. And, uh, yeah, talk to you, I guess, soonish. Hopefully after the album is out. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right.